Exact Nature's all-natural CBD-based products are specially formulated to help you with addictive cravings, depression, anxiety, or even improving sleep. Founded by a father and son in recovery, they truly understand the needs of the sober community. Learn more at exactnature.com and as a listener of the Sobriety Diaries, use the code TSD20 to receive 20% off. Exactnature.com. Welcome to the Sobriety Diaries, friends. My name is Nate. I am a grateful recovering alcoholic six years from my last drink. My sobriety is such a huge part of who I am. I decided that I needed to help others find their voice and share their journey too. The Sobriety Diaries is a video podcast where we share powerful stories of recovery told by those who live them. Head on over to thesobrietydiaries.com where you can join our insiders list for exclusive content, early release episodes, and more. Also, please share this podcast with just one person in your life who may still be struggling. You just never know what they may need to hear today. Recovery is possible. Happy Sober Day, friends. Thank you so much for downloading today's episode and for the continued support. I really, truly appreciate it. Welcome to part two of our season two premiere. Hopefully you listened to part one, which was sort of a look back and a where are they now with some of our favorite guests from season one. In this episode, we are chatting with two of my favorite ladies who I have met on this crazy online sobriety journey, and I wanted to share our conversation with you today. One of them you probably know from two episodes in season one, and as my co-host of the other podcast that I do, The Influence, a social media podcast, Abby Jean. She is also in recovery and just celebrated three years clean and sober, and the other is a TikTok powerhouse who shares her spirituality and her soul coaching with clients and with her TikTok community of uh, nearly a million followers. So we have an amazing chat about religion versus spirituality and as it relates to recovery. We talk about forgiveness and how it can be such a motivator of living a better life and this path that we are on of sobriety. So I truly loved the time that we spent together and hopefully we will chat again soon. Let's open the diary on my chat with Missy and Abby Jean. Hi, friends. I'll say hi, hi friends. friends. Yes, there it hi. is. Hi. <laughs> hi, friends. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for making time. We were kind of discussing yeah. before, focusing a little differently this season on the sobriety diaries and i really like these roundtable discussions and having different viewpoints involved in we recorded an episode of of the other podcast and we had such a good time uh that uh, we ended up here today so thanks again for making time thank you missy is a jack of all trades master of many yes. right she <laughs> she is uh, she is uh, abby yeah. jean and i sort of got just really sucked in 
right as we were launching the other podcast and deciding who we wanted to have on the show. And both being in recovery, we're really drawn to your message. Um, Abby Jean, do you want to touch a little bit about kind of just how we really related to to her message and in particular got sucked in one night on a live? Um, but <laughs> the, rest, the rest is kind of history. We did. We we initially got sucked into one of the lives where you're doing one of the readings and we were up late messaging in bed, like, are you there? I'm here. And um, but something I really just was drawn to about your content is uh spirituality and the way that you you present spirituality to your audience. I think you do it beautifully and seamlessly. Um, as someone in recovery, spirituality uh was extremely important to me in the beginning when you're kind of flapping around and you really don't know what you're doing. So um, I just think that for your audience, the way you present it is really appealing to us in the sober community. So thank you for that. Yes. We'll get into this a little more, but you you are not in recovery. But as Abby Jean says, the the messages that you sort of portray and, and, and give to your audience regularly really is sort of adaptable to the recovery community. And a lot of your followers are in recovery or struggling with sobriety. And I think that that's what makes uh, this little trio so perfect today. So kind of piggybacking off of what Abby Jean says, I was not as accepting or ready to dive into the spirituality piece of my recovery early on just because it sort of scared me. And I didn't grow up in a, in a religious home and I didn't really understand what the difference between religion, um, what we picture like a structured religion uh, versus spirituality and finding that within. So can we start with maybe you touching on the differences in religion versus spirituality? The way I have to make it make sense for me is religion is man-made. That is a man-made construct. It's a structure by which we worship. For example, you can have, you know, we might three say the three of us might be Christian, but you might be Southern Baptist and I might be, you know, Roman Catholic and Abby could be Pentecostal. We're going to worship completely different. We, for the most part, are going to believe in the same fundamentals for the most part, but we will practice and worship differently. We will have different rituals. And what's really interesting within the Christian community is how much um, there can be intolerance of how one worships versus another, which is just Crazy. hypocrisy. Right. That is the fun. Because we're literally calling ourselves Christians after Jesus Christ, who literally was like, all right, y'all, look, before I go, just do this one thing. Just love each other. Just love yourself <laughs> like you've loved your neighbor. Yes. That's all I'm just before I before I leave. I just want to leave that with you. And then here we are doing literally the exact opposite. The so opposite. it's hypocrisy at, yeah. at its finest. Spirituality, I think, is when you come to the understanding that you are not a human, but you are a soul having a temporary human experience. Mm. And that when you connect with that, that infinite, that infinite part of you that will live beyond this. And when you realize that you're the observer of your thoughts, that you are not your thoughts, you are not that negative self-talk. When you realize that you are something outside of that, oh, that's huge. That's huge. And I think what um and I do like to use the terminology higher power because I'm all inclusive. 
Yeah. Whether it's gender, uh, sexuality, religion, culture, I'm, I'm all inclusive. Um, so when I say just that thing outside of yourself, whatever that is, we develop a relationship with that. Um, and so that's why I like to use the word higher power from time to time, because I'm like, I want to be sure that whoever hears it knows that I'm talking about whatever it is that you believe in, whatever you think you came from and that you're going to return back to that thing. That's what, you know, so yeah, that, that to me is the difference between the contrast on the most basic level. Yeah. On the most basic level. Yeah. For me, that's, that's one of the things that 12 step rooms does really well, because I don't Mm -hmm. think that uh, my thoughts or or my hesitancy to dive into that side of the program is out of the ordinary. So I think they do a really good job of making sure that we understand that it is, you know, your higher power is that of your understanding and it can be a group of people. It can be, Mother Earth, you know, whatever you need to start out as it being to, you know, really uh, accept that there is a being greater than um, our humanly selves, then, you know, be be that as it may. And I think I think we do a good job of that in the rooms. I think what's so interesting about um, because I think with coming into it, coming into recovery and when you're first introduced to 12 steps, when, when you're first coming into that, I think so many people are angry at God mm-hmm. and they're angry at, uh, they've had religious trauma or worse, they've been abused within the church. I mean, my God, so you're coming, you know, we don't, people don't become addicts because everything was, you know, fantastic and roses right. and right, right there. Right. There's usually yeah. something prior to there's yeah. usually something not maybe not always right at least because we do know there is genetic and, and familial um you know predisposition but usually somebody had a bad day yeah yeah at, there, at least was, at minimum there, at was, least, a, at there least. was a situation <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where you were like well this i don't want to think about this anymore right and so often it can be trait contact traced back to something where, well, God didn't save me from this and God could have protected me from this or it was, again, something religious affiliated. Um, so I think I can imagine coming into that and the first thing is like, okay, the first thing you got to do is accept that you're like, oh no, hell no, that's how I got here. Like, right. no, if, if there was a God, so I get, I mean, I get it. Like I get, like I get it. And in my classes that I teach, um, a lot of people are so angry and um, they think they're angry at their parent. They think they're angry at so-and-so. But a lot of times, if I can get them to really contact Tracy, they're they're angry at God, and but they're scared to say that they think it's blasphemous. They think, and I'm like, God, the one with the burning bush, God, the one <laughs> right. with the, the flooding the earth. Your <laughs> your anger is like you're creating the image of God. Welcome to your rage. Like here's your package. Like yeah. So it's like once people admit, no, I I am angry at God. Oh my God. Then the work starts. Then the work can start. First, you got to get real honest about who you're mad at. And God can take it. God, by the way, whatever that is for you. And I believe we're all calling it the same thing. You can call me Missy. You can call me Nurse. You can call me Melissa. You can call me Bestie. We're all talking about me. So Uh I feel like the same thing with God. So whatever we call that, I'll say God and Jesus just out of, you know, habit. But um, yeah, just, just realizing that, you know what? Yeah, where was God? Where was God? And start asking the questions. And so that you can get answers. And I think that's the uh, the best way is to start asking the questions. 
So I can see where that can be difficult for people to start out with admitting that there's something outside of yourself, but boy, is it freeing when you have that, Uh, when you figure out that connection for yourself, man. Oh, that that freeing feeling. Oh, that's a, that's a feeling I will, I will never forget was the first time that I uh, accepted what was going on and then accepted that I was going to change and um, I remember the first time they talked about the higher power and they, they laid it out on the table like that. You know, your higher power is who or whatever you would like it to be. Yeah. And I kind of immediately grasped onto an idea that it was, you know, a, a, a person or a feeling or a thing a, that wasn't me. And that was freeing because I was like, mm. oh, you know, now we can start to heal Abby Jean. Mm. Yeah. Cause I, I really hated her so much and mm. I was, it was such a freeing feeling to, to think that, you know, there was another, uh, presence or being that was going to help me fix me. And to not and like that, have to make the decisions or feel like we were yes, creating yes. the path, but to follow mm. or go along on this path that was created for us, um, yes. I think is a huge leap of faith and Mm -hmm. you know we were like clinging on to the steering wheel for so long and and going down all of these roads that weren't made for us and and crashing the car along the way to give Mm -hmm. up that power is scary but so freeing to your point abby jean yeah that letting go that that surrender people think surrender is a giving up like no a surrender is a is a is a is is saying yes okay now I'm ready now I'm ready to surrender to because when we try so hard to hold on so tightly to things there's no room for God to work right when you're trying to control and, and do everything and you know the idea of control is so you know it's not even a real thing we can control very little um, so yeah when you finally surrender it's very liberating to say okay n- yes now now God can you know, now there's room for God. Now there's room for spirit, whatever you want to call that to come in work and, and help me. And I don't have to, because I think we have that, you know, sometimes we feel so alone. You know, we just have this loneliness. I forget who said it. We have a God uh, sized hole in our heart that yes. only God can feel, but we try to fill it with relationships and food and shopping and promiscuity and drugs and alcohol and you know, cats and dogs, like, (laughs) but it's like, once we just surrender to the fact that nothing's going to fill that, except your connection to that mystery, you know, you always feel like you had that thing that's lacking. And we try to take back little control here and there, and that leaves less and less room for that, for, for God. Right. Um, so I have to remind myself and, or, you know, working the 12 steps is a, a, you know, I'll probably continue to work them for the rest of my life. You know, I think for me, being an alcoholic is something that will exist for the rest of my life. So Mm -hmm. I sometimes have to remind myself and re-give up that control and re-surrender. And, you know, that's just something that I'm okay with now. You know, May I I interject? Yeah. When when you're talking about that, because again, you're right. I'm I'm not in recovery. Um, I've, I've been all around it though with you know ex-husbands I've, now I am a recovering codependent yeah oh hello yes I, I, <laughs> me 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 oh bless it Jesus <laughs> deliver me yes um 
so when you talk about, um, so I'm saying not only the nursing perspective, but real life, like grandparents who are out, died of alcoholism, alcohol related, you know, illness, um, you know, two ex spouses that were, uh, well, one ended up perishing, you know, from, from drug related um, causes. Mm. So I've been all around it and, 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 and looking at it from all different perspectives. And when you say, you know, each day I had to wake up, you know, each day I wake up and, and have to re-surrender and realize, okay, this is something. And it's no different to me what I see it when you say that, that like no different than a diabetic. Mm-hmm. A diabetic, if they get up and say, you know what, I don't feel like taking insulin anymore. Right. Okay. Yeah. Let's see how that works for you. Yeah. Diabetics, especially ones that are on shots four times a day, they're having to check their sugar eight times a day. They hate it. They feel like they're a slave to their diabetes, but once they are in relationship with it and realize, okay, this is what I need to do to be well. And you realize you're in relationship with it, that it's not apart from you because you know, part of shame and guilt, you know, part of, we, we cut off these aspects of ourselves and we deny, you know, I'm, not, I'm just going to not, you know, act like we call this the shadow work in spirituality where we just deny and suppress and kick it to the corner and put it in the, in the corner, we're like, we don't talk about that. But when we bring it right. out into the light, that shadow part of ourselves, we're like, no, I am an addict. No, I am an overeater. No, I am this. And because so much of our shame and guilt lies in, in, for, in shunning these aspects of ourselves. So when we bring it back home and love it and go, you know what? You are this, but I love you anyway. It's just part of it. But you don't define me. When you look at a person, their diabetes doesn't define them. You don't look at them and go, oh, God, that's a diabetic. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. <laughs> oh, look, we don't. a diabetic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Just like your mother. <laughs> like, yeah. No, right. Like there's no shaming in the diabetic. So I think, again, I help people and help families in the past, them see it as, you know, if this person had diabetes or cancer or this, you know, other diagnosis, you wouldn't treat them this way so make that makes sense for me people usually don't have anything to say <laughs> yeah. they're like yeah. hmm. <laughs> i yeah. love that you said in relationship with it i don't think i've ever heard of it i know referred to like that but it makes so much in relationship sense. with yeah, yeah we we use and that's probably something from the spiritual community um we talk about being in right relationship with um say nature being in right relationship with the elements being in right relationship with with people, obviously, but that making sure we're in right relationship with food, mm, um, yeah. knowing that the food is to nourish my body, not to make me feel worthy, can be tough yeah. sometimes. Um, yeah. So, so, so being in right relationship, like if I'm friends with Abby, I say, you know, and I'm expecting Abby to pay my bills, and I'm expecting Abby to feel myself worth. She's going to be like, I, I can't do that, and it's going to kill her if she tries. Like. So being in right relationship, knowing that I have uh, realistic expectations from you mm, yeah. so that we can have an equal partnership. So if I know that I have this part of me, my hypothyroidism, my alcoholism, whatever that is, and going, okay, you're a part of me. I'm not going to shun you. We've been shunned enough. We've been shamed enough. I see you. Let's be in right relationship. Now I'm going to keep you in your place. You're going to stay here. I'm going to manage you and we're going to, and we're going to do everything we can to be well. You know, it's just about wellness, being well and whatever that looks like, whether it's mind, body or spirit, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. 
And I became a soul coach because, I mean, I still do nursing, but the most rewarding aspect of everything I do is the soul coaching because I really do believe, I really do believe that um, most everything has its source in spirit, you know, and that we do things like overeat and, and we're promiscuous. We do all these things to, because there's an affliction in the spirit that we're trying to heal and fix. So we're just trying to get that wellness in the spirit. So true for me. So true. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm just thinking, cause I, whenever I talk about sobriety, especially um, on the internet, I always start my video off with my name is Abby Jean and I'm an alcoholic. And every time I say it, there's always people who are like, why do you still call yourself an alcoholic? And, oh, and, yeah. Yeah. and for me, it's because the very first time I ever said that was December 6th of 2018, which is now a day that I hold very dear to my heart. It was, it's my sobriety date. And um, it's because that day was when the work started. Yes. The Abby Jean, I'm an alcoholic is the best version of myself more than I could ever dream of myself that I am. Before that, Abby Jean was active addiction, Abby Jean. And prior to that, I was a child. So the <laughs> Abby Jean, I'm an alcoholic is been the best version I have ever been of me. And so I say it very proudly. I, I am Abby Jean and I am an alcoholic. Yeah. And the relationship that I have with that whole term is so healthy that I, that I feel, you know, I feel, I feel very proud to say that because the sober community, um, you know, is, is a, a tough one to be a part of, but it's an incredible yeah. one. Some yeah. of the most wonderfully strong, amazing people are in this community. So I like that. It's, yeah. it's the relationship. Yeah. I see that in, I watch all the videos and I follow other people in recovery and stuff. And I read and I look, you know, because I'll go to comment and I'll look at the comments. I'll be like, and it's no different than Christians beating up other Christians. Right. Yes. And the most yes. recent thing I saw. And of course, I'm I'm not in recovery, so I feel like I don't have the right to comment um, I because I don't I don't need them coming after me. Like I that's know. the last thing I need is recovery. <laughs> yes. I don't need that community come like I, pick I've, your battles. Not pick your battles. <laughs> I have maintained my like I'm you know. But what I noticed in the comments was people shaming, shaming each other. And this is what I love. We're yeah. humans are God. We're, we're not, we're not well, we're not in right no, relationship. No. We're not well. <laughs> we are not okay. Um, <laughs> they were shaming somebody for using something to help them not drink. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And Listen. I'm like, again, yeah. as a nurse, that's like shaming someone who has cancer for taking chemo. And not yes! to, so you know, crazy. kill themselves with carrots. I'm right. just like, no, you're shitting me. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I'm just like, I know. I don't, I don't, because they would have come for me and I would have been like, oh, I'm just a nurse. You know, I'm not in recovery. And then it would have been a whole nother fight. But I'm just like, y'all got to be shitting me. Yeah. Like this isn't, but, but again, it's no different than Christianity. Whatever community you're in, unfortunately, until we like get it right. Until we get in right relationship um, with ourselves, but come on, that's really within ourselves. We feel like, oh well, they're you know they they got it the easy way. There's always going to be that, and it's always a reflection right. of something back within yourself, and it's always a projection that people aren't probably really ready to see that. Abby, I want to say something um, to what you're saying. When you claim that, when you say I'm Abby Jean and, and I'm an alcoholic, I don't know if y'all 
when you were little, if, if maybe a parent or whoever raised you ever made you feel like you were bad, you had to go sit in the corner or you had to go to your room. You had to yeah. go away. Yeah. Right. You had to go away. You're bad. Go, go in the corner, go in time out, go in your room, but you're bad. So you must go. So we do that with aspects of ourselves. This is bad. So you must go. So Abby, every day, every time you say that and you reclaim that you're saying, you're not bad. You're a part of me and you're here and I'm going to take care of you. And I fucking love that so much. It's like a power stance. It's like a, it's like, no, you're not going to go sit in timeout. You're not going to go. You're going to sit right here with me proudly display and say, this is a part of me, but it doesn't have to define you. You know, the diabetic, that that doesn't have to define them. You know, you are not the, you know, you're the sum of all of your parts. You know, you're the sum of all of your things. So I just wanted to mention that when you said that. I love that. Yes. Bringing it back, bringing it back in the living room saying, you're not going to go in your room. You're going to sit here with me because you're a part of me and I won't be ashamed of you. It's the reclaiming. Mm. I was told, I was told for years, you're an alcoholic. You're an alcoholic. You need to do something. This is so bad. You're an alcoholic. And finally that my day, December 6th, I said, I am an alcoholic. And now watch this. Watch this. Oh, watch this. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny. Now I find myself like, I have to catch myself to not say it. And like, a setting like a, a yes. work zoom meeting they're like introduce yes. yourself and i'm like Hi. it just like rolls off the <laughs> yes. tongue and i have it to does. i love it i have I to stop it. myself sometimes i love I that yeah. i love it i think that's great but yeah. i mean Tell again us. it's easy for me to say that on on this side of things mm-hmm. i very much know my place in that thing but man i've always admired people in recovery Gosh, dang, man, you know, the diabetic can go to the store and buy a cupcake and people are going to be like, oh, that's fine. You should treat yourself. Yeah. But man, addicts, y'all, God, it's just, oh, the shame that comes. Not even one. Yeah. God, have mercy, Lord. It's just, and to have such access to things, the willpower it takes, people just, I don't, I don't don't know. I don't know. People don't, I just just don't think they realize the normalcy now that we have created around alcohol use is absolutely shocking. Not only is it normal, but this, this is my favorite. God, this is my favorite because I I don't drink much because um, of the way that the way my body is set up, I will get a rash and I will (laughs) get sleepy. Um, (laughs) So I'm just not a lot of fun in that way that I turn like purple and rashy. Um, Nobody wants to talk to the rashy girl. (laughs) So I don't drink much just because of that. Cause I have to be really careful because I'm allergic to, I don't know, hops, barley, something, God knows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, so this is what people say. Oh, you want to drink? No, I'm not going to, I'm not drinking. Oh, well, why? Why? Yes. Yes. Are you, yeah. are you talking to me? Cause I'm a grown ass <laughs> woman. You don't right. ask me why I'm not doing something. Why are you yeah. drinking? Right. Yeah. I, oh, and then there'll be the same ones that be like, oh, you're drinking Coke. You know, that's poison. I beg your <laughs> Pardon. I know, right? The I know. hypocrisy, the hypocrisy, yes. because we got it. You know, my my thing is is better than your thing, and you should be ashamed. And right. you know, it's always projection. And Lord, it's, it's crazy, crazy. It, it is literally crazy. You're right. It is crazy. I mean, of course. And then there are going to be people that say you can drink and not get drunk. We know, we know, right. Patricia. We, we know, honey, Patty. We know. We know we're not talking about having a cocktail for, you know, New Year's. We're talking about people that have to drink 
to if you have to to function it's a problem if you have to have something to do anything you need to do some self-reflection like I don't even care what it is like any other all other addiction you know shopping addiction oh look how many shoes I have I'm an addict (laughs) right right yeah what and what and what uh vacant hole is that feeling for you Patricia, <laughs> do you want to, do you want to talk about that? <laughs> no, I didn't yeah. think so. I didn't think like, so. Right. <laughs> like, you know, we don't want to talk, oh, you're, you're 500 persons. No, touch, you don't want to talk that. about what that, yeah. <laughs> do you want to, do you want to talk about that? How's that make you feel? Cause it's no different. You know, it's that serotonin, it's the dopamine. Yes. I buy a purse. I feel better. I eat a cupcake. I feel better. I have a drink to oblivion. I feel better. I do shoot heroin until I can't think anymore. I feel better. Like we're all doing something to feel better. People, it forces people to face their bullshit. Yeah. Yes. And it's so 100%. much easier while I'm pointing the finger, then I'm not having to deal with my bullshit. And people are just, and they're not ready. They're not ready to face this shit. Yeah. That's that, the truth. I, yeah. And I remember in early, well, I'm still in early sobriety i don't know what early sobriety is but, yeah i don't know um, i think you've graduated to like yeah like regular. i'm a teenager yeah <laughs> no i'm like a middle schooler <laughs> um but i remember like in er, you know early early i literally physically felt like i was naked covered in paper cuts standing in public yes and i remember Ooh. having this feeling of like you have got to be kidding me now i'm alone naked in public covered in paper cuts i'm unbelievably uncomfortable and my emotions are everywhere how am i supposed to rein this in and then everyone was like how does it feel to feel all the feels and i was like oh my god i feel everything and they were like yeah yeah fuck this (laughs) and make it stop and they said now we sort it all out yeah yeah and i was like yeah can i have some band-aids in the meantime (laughs) right so much, so much of what I do is literally just processing emotion from, mm-hmm. you know, because usually we're acting out of something today. We think we're triggered because, well, you said something that really pissed me off. Okay. Yeah. But really, what were you really feeling? Well, I was feeling disrespected. Oh, okay. Tell me about the first time you remember feeling disrespected. Well, I was four. Oh, okay. Let's talk about that. Let's process that emotion from when you were four. Cause that's what you're holding on to. Yeah. And we yeah. were not taught to process emotions. Most yeah. of us, a lot of us, a lot of us were raised by people that didn't have the time, even if they wanted to, or they weren't capable of just even helping us and go, okay, well, let's feel it. And let's, let's do, you know, emotions, motion, emotion is motion. It's just energetic. They're meant to come and go. There's meant to be motion. But when we resist, no, this isn't happening. No, this isn't happening. I'm not feeling this. I'm not feeling then it gets stagnant energetically. We hold on to that. And guess what, folks? It don't go anywhere. Yeah, it accumulates yeah. until you meet someone or you do some kind of work where you start processing emotions. And hopefully you have that person that's able to help you know how to feel the feel so that you don't create more stagnation and more resistance. But that's where surrender comes in. When we surrender, it's, it's allowing everything to just move instead of you know trying tightly to hold hold on to control and just literally it's a opening opening up yeah it's an opening yeah i think that's a good segue because i wanted to talk a little bit about forgiveness and 
Abigene, I guess, as uh, a 12 stepper as well. How was uh, making amends with people and sort of releasing that burden that we carried around for so long? It was uh, definitely a, a roller coaster of emotions. I'll never forget when I figured out that that was part of it. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay. All right. Um, I'm not sure maybe. about that. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Um, so both of my my brothers and my father are in recovery. So I started with them because I knew they knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and that was that was okay. It was good. But the the one that that hit me the hardest was one of one of my very best friends, um, whose wedding I was extremely intoxicated at. And the reaction wasn't what I expected. The The thing I actually struggled with the most was not the making amends with other people, but uh, making amends with myself. Mm. I, I went through um, about a year and a half of just torture. I could not forgive myself for a few things that I had done or said. And it took me really digging deep and... Um, figuring out how to forgive myself, which is honestly something I still struggle with. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there, there's different literature and, and what have you in the program that, that helped me realize that you are not the same person. It is, of course, me, and I did make those, those choices, but um, it was the getting over the hump of really forgiving myself that was groundbreaking for me. And and made every day a little bit more more comfy, but um, as far as making amends, it it felt good honestly to to say out loud to those people, this is what I did, and I am incredibly sorry. Yeah. Um, because I I wanted to do that. <laughs> I did. I wanted to kind of air it all out. So that was freeing for me. But the forgiving of myself was extremely difficult. Like I had it all laid out in my head. This is how it's going to go. This is what they're going to say. They're going to be like, oh, you know, open arms and no worries. And right. honestly, yeah. like that's not the reality of the situation. So right. fairly quickly right. early on, I, I realized that and sort of had to like reset my expectations, talk to my sponsor, make sure I was going into these conversations not to... E, you know, feed my own ego or ease my own discomfort. This was about them and making sure yeah. that like they felt okay with, you know, this new outlook on life I had and, and me sort of starting on this new journey. So that was, uh, I think a big dose of, of reality early on for sure. In spirituality, we learn to not have attachment to outcome. You know, attachment is really the source of most of our problems. We attach to this thing, oh, alcohol is going to, you know, solve everything. I won't feel the feels, but it's, meanwhile, it's, you're, you're not feeling the feels, but everybody else is, and there's other problems being created. Right. Um, you know, when I do this, I expect that expectation. So having healthy expectations, but again, you know, I, I do, you know, I have my own this, that, whatever, but I'm not attached to the outcome. I'm doing it because that's part of my soul's purpose is to be here and do this. And you know what, if it resonates with people, great. And if it doesn't, I'm not going to attach the outcomes. But again, we, we're such a 
outcome-driven society. Yeah. I yeah. worked I worked eight hours, so I, I, I've got to have $500. Yeah. I did this so that yeah. I have this. I did this so that I have that. I did this instead of just saying, I did this because it's my soul's purpose. I love that. Yeah. And I'm not attached to the outcome, whether it resonates. I might make a video that gets 500 views. <laughs> I might, might make a video <laughs> that gets 500,000. Yeah. I made the video because it was on my heart and I don't attach to the outcome. So I think that, you know, attachment is something that, oh God, it's just like so ingrained in us, the outcomes, because you have to have something to prove your worth and prove your value. Mm. And, you know, you did this. So if you apologize, and you didn't get the outcome you wanted. Does that mean your apology was shitty? Does that mean you're shitty? It means nothing. It's all on this person and has nothing to do with you. Um, I actually teach a class about forgiveness and, um, you know, helping people understand that hanging on to anger and resentment and trying to change the past doesn't get you anywhere. And it's that surrender going, what happened, happened. No amount of worry or stress is going to change that. All I can do is move forward from today. I'm telling you I'm a different person, but you know what? I can show you better than I can tell you. Just watch. Just watch. Yeah. Because people hold on. If I say I really need you to forgive me, people are not going to offer their forgiveness for so many reasons. They're still angry. They're still hurt. And they need to heal that within themselves. But, you know, really making sure that we are forgiving ourselves for doing the best we could at the time with what we had, you know, and, yeah. and, and again, I can think so many of us are primarily angry with ourselves and also angry at God and just going, you know what, why am I angry at God? Was I promised some frilly life that there would be no problems? <laughs> and no, no. So like, where did you make that up? Like, how can you be mad at God when he was like, all right, I'm going to put you on earth and nothing bad ever is going to happen. Deal, deal. He didn't like, you know, go back on his promise. Like, Nobody ever said there wouldn't be. So just realizing, oh, God, what am I angry at? What am I mad about? Who am I mad at? I was like, oh, shit, I'm mad at myself. myself. And then realizing, right. you know what? I did the best I could at the time with what I had. Could I have done anything better? Did you know any better at the time? Did you have any better tool? Did you have any better anything? And especially this is big with my clients who are moms, especially when they were young moms starting out and they look at everything they did wrong and everything. And I'm like, oh, you're right. You did. You really fucked up. Did you know better? Right. No. Could you have done better? No. Well, why'd you do it? I was just trying to feed us. We do the best we can, right? With what can we you, have. Can you, can you literally look at 10 years ago, Abby, and really look at her and be like, you, you really fucked up. You really, no, you <laughs> wouldn't beat up on her. You would love, you would, you would pull her into your arms. And just love her and rock her and hold her. And if we can look back on our past selves and with that same compassion and grace, oh my God. Oh, well. yeah. It's, wow. it's funny. Yeah. One of Nate's um, other episodes, I don't, I'm, I'm sure you remember this, Nate, where the guy asked you to speak to like yeah. little Nate. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, it was like super yeah. emotional. So I'm like yeah. listening to Nate talk to little Nate and I was at work at the time. And so like the episode ended, I quickly like <laughs> sent him a message and I was like, oh my gosh, such an amazing thing. Yeah. And then in that moment, I was like, what would I say to little Abby Jean? And I remember like looking, I was in the work bathroom getting ready and I like looked in the mirror and all I said was, it's going to be okay. Yeah. 
it's going to be okay. And it was like, I was, you know, sobbing and crying, but <laughs> I love, I love that idea though. Like if you really look at younger me, she wasn't like, I'm going to go and totally fuck up my twenties. <laughs> right. You know, it was right. like, she was just she doing, was just trying to make it. She yes. was hanging on by the skin of her teeth. But that is what makes, you know, me three years out being able to look back. That's what makes it so good is like, don't worry. I got you and it's going to be okay. Yeah. And, and whatever happens today, you know, and be like, oh God, I really fucked up. Okay. Well, all right. How can I move forward from that? And taking yeah. that and applying it to every day and going, you know what? I'm not going to crucify myself for that. I'm going to do what I can to fix it. And then beyond that, what else can I do? And yeah. give yourself grace. But, you know, we can't extend much grace if we're not giving ourselves grace. And, you know, you can only meet others as far as you've met yourself. Because if you haven't forgiven yourself, you're not going to forgive me. Now yeah. we know these people are like, oh my God, I'm never going to forgive you. And it's like, you can, again, it's always a reflection back inward. You know, that's how little they, you know, are tolerant of themselves, how little they are loving and accepting of themselves. It's usually a direct, you know, reflection of their self-loathing or self-hatred or right. at least lack of self-love. But love is unconditional. If it's not unconditional, then it's not love. Missy, tell our listeners where they can find you if they want to work together on their spiritual journey or any of your other teachings. So uh, my website is www.nursemissy.com and there's a services tab where you can schedule a one-on-one coaching session. But if you scroll down, you'll also see where you can sign up for the free Zoom classes. My next class that I'm teaching on, for example, is authenticity. So many people ask me, they say, well, how do I even know my authentic self? What is, how do I even get there? I get that question a lot. So this is a class about rediscovering your truth who you are mm-hmm. underneath all the bullshit and how to live authentically each day. Um, so that's my next class coming up. I also have a podcast, which is empowered, empowered connections on Apple, Spotify, um, and anchor, but all of my links are there on the website. I'm on TikTok as that nurse Missy. Yes, and she is. Instagram <laughs> as that nurse Missy. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. Thank we love you. you. Oh, I love y'all too. Um, Abby Jean, do you want to uh, leave perhaps our listeners who are still struggling in their addiction with a little bit of hope today? If you are having having trouble staying sober, don't look at it as a defeat. Don't take a relapse or what have you as a defeat. Just keep moving forward and keep trying and keep learning because I believe in you and I believe that you can have a beautiful life. Beautiful. I believe in you too. May 3. Thanks so much for listening today, friends. Hopefully you heard something that resonates with you. And if we help just one person, our job is done. Make sure you check out today's show notes for all of the information on today's episode and how to connect with our guest. You can find all things podcast related and subscribe to our show at the sobrietydiaries.com, youtube.com slash Nate Kelly, where we upload today's video podcast and on Instagram at the sobriety diaries pod. Check back every Wednesday for new episodes with new stories to tell. But until then, try your best not to drink and be good to yourself. 
Bye, friends.